Hello everybody and welcome back to Check In by TMR. Over the past six months or so, I've had a number of conversations with people in the travel industry about the growing need for more travel advisors. It's obviously a very good problem to have and one that seemed almost impossible at the early stage of the pandemic, but the people who I spoke to made the issue fairly clear. The travel demand right now is so incredibly high for all sorts of travel, plus trips are still very complicated and there is remaining leftover dissatisfaction from consumers who booked with OTAs or direct during COVID and were left out to dry. Plus, there still seems to be a gap between how many people left the industry during the pandemic and how many people have entered it since. How to get more people into the industry, how to attract bright, ambitious people from other sectors or even some starting out in their career is going to be a big question for the industry now and over the next few years. It's going to be something that the industry is going to have to answer in order for it to continue to prosper and continue to propel itself out of the pandemic. I wanted to talk about that with someone in the know, and I was very lucky recently to be able to get some time with Diane Petrus, the president of the Travel Institute. For those of you who aren't fully aware of the Travel Institute, it is a nonprofit organization that collaborates with industry leaders to create and deliver relevant, meaningful, and rigorous travel professional education. It provides the education certification for so many people in the industry, and if you've seen the letter CTA or CTC, or CTIE in someone's profile or LinkedIn page or email signature, it's because they've taken the time to be certified and educated through the Travel Institute's programs. Diane, for her part, has been with the Travel Institute for more than two decades, and she's had a front row seat to the inflows and outflows of travel advisors into and out, out of the industry. I really thought she would be a great guest to ask about the questions of getting more people into the industry and also about what makes the career attractive for so many. The reason people became travel advisors five years ago is different than the reason they've become them today. And that goes the same for 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and 20 years ago. I wanted to see what Diane's opinion of that was now and how the travel industry can cater to those people, those bright people who want to become travel agents. Before I play the interview, I just want to mention that there's a thread in this conversation about a recent Master Advisor episode from TMR. And if you want to check that out, we'll leave the link in the description of this episode, or you could go to travelmarkreport.com to catch a full replay. I also want to thank everyone who's subscribed and liked and checked out all these videos and audio recordings that we've done over the past year or so um it's it's been a privilege for us to bring you this kind of contact and uh any any likes any subscriptions any reviews really help us uh keep growing this community i want to say thanks in advance to diane for her time it was really a compelling conversation for me to have and one that enlightened me and i hope it does the same for you so let's check in on the future and present of travel advisors hello Hi, Dan. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I watched a great interview you had the other day, Dan, with Sarah. Oh my gosh, what a brilliant woman she is. I know. See, that Speaking with her kind of prompted what I want to talk to you about, just because uh-huh. it was like, I know she came in in, I think she said 2018 or 2019. So it's obviously pre-COVID, but it again, like her way of thinking, her way of thinking about business, and yeah. it just it just sort of struck me as something that was completely unique. And I, I and I wanted to sort of get your take on yeah. like I know the damage has definitely been done by COVID, but there there are I I understand there there has to be a lot of new people coming into the travel industry right now. 
Absolutely. Dan, you know, that's the interesting thing. When I when I watch those type of, of interviews, you realize a lot of the millennials have previous experience in another industry, like in her case, you know, um, startup funding. And she comes at it from a whole different point of view. But what's most important is she comes at it as a business. And I think that's what impressed me most. And that's what I wish every independent contractor would think of first is this is a business. And that's that's what impressed me about Sarah because she yeah. looked at things differently and she saw opportunity. But the other thing she had a great advantage, Dan, and that is she knew her audience. So that was her niche and that was a luxury audience. And luxury never stopped traveling during COVID. Yeah. I that's what we we've always heard good things about luxury clients just finding a way. Like where, where there's it a will, there's a way. And certainly, if they have the funds to do it, they were traveling. They were traveling. However, they were traveling during COVID. But I wanted to ask you, sort of, I wanted to get your take on the industry, like the specifically travel advisors, because I I know I remember those first few months of COVID and seeing like you saw the Facebook messages. You were getting the out of offices. Like people were just leaving the career. Um, right. And I don't know if anyone ever quantified sort of how much damage was really done. I know Asta has a lot of numbers and they're mm -hmm. probably the best authority on the subject. But I mean, mm -hmm. you, just like in general, wh what was your take on sort of the exodus, I guess, during during the early stages of COVID? Uh, honestly, I think that I was working with two different groups of people, those that owned a business, perhaps they were brick and mortar and they were moving home. They moved home, but they didn't leave the business. But a lot of the independent contractors who were part-time, you know, they were using travel to kind of be supplemental income. They were the ones I think that did leave the business. I know a lot of them, I spoke to them, they went into other jobs. It wasn't, you know, they needed to work, yeah. they needed income. So they, some of them were uh, becoming, this was back in the early days of COVID, the test tracking, uh, COVID tracking. Remember that? That yeah. was a, that was a new opportunity, a new job. Yeah. You could work for the government to, <laughs> to help people track uh, COVID in your community. So uh, some of them started doing that. Some of them started working for banks. Some of them, you know, just took other part-time jobs. So, but what happened, you know, did they leave permanently? I think you probably have 50-50. Okay. I think some of them did. Maybe they found a different career, a better career for them. But I think others are starting to realize they can come back. Uh, because they're they're hearing the stories and they're seeing that people are traveling. Yeah, I think I think the demand numbers are kind of crazy right now. I mean, obviously the airline prices sort of reflect that. I know there's other stuff going on with airline prices and with fuel prices and things like that. But uh, yeah. it's I know it's because I've tried to book some travel and it's difficult to get reservations almost anywhere, and it's difficult yeah. to get someone to help you with reservations who aren't oh. travel agents, someone at call centers and things like that. Oh, I don't know how travel agents are doing it. Whenever I'm talking to them, they're like, Diane, I've been on the phone for an hour on hold. I don't know how they service their clients. If they, one trip is, takes an hour and a half out of their day just to get through to, you know, X supplier. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. But the reason is the suppliers have lost people. So a lot of those people, in addition to, 
um, travel agents, a lot of the supplier call center staff left, were gone. So bringing everything back is going to take time. It was interesting, again, like I, that conversation with Sarah prompted this, but I've also spoke to a couple of people who run hosts or consortias or are involved mm -hmm. with that. And something that came up organically, I didn't bring it up for, for on multiple occasions was sort of, they expect there to be a dearth of travel agents going forward. Like they expect there to be a need to attract people in this, into the industry to become travel advisors specifically because of the people who left during COVID and because of the overwhelming demand that everyone's seeing now. Uh -huh. um, and I know you you pass along some interesting numbers to yes. me about, about what the Travel Institute is seeing. Yes, and those are real numbers, Dan. And I think they're important for the industry to hear. And I'm so glad I'm here so that you can help convey this. Those, those are real numbers. 2021, and I compared it to 2021 because that was a time when we thought we would lose all these people and never attract again. But January, February of 2022 proved us wrong, very, very wrong, that what happened is people were also leaving other careers in other industries. And they were saying, okay, I, I'm burned out. I'm no longer gonna be X, whatever it is, working for a restaurant or a lawyer, or in Sarah's case, you know, financial advisor or yeah. a, a, a startup funding. <laughs> Those are those are all careers that people were burning out, and so they see travel uh, as an opportunity because most of them see travel as an opportunity because they love to travel, and that's that's always number one. And I think from my point of view, what I'm always trying to to tell the industry is let's get a hold of these people and help them. Let's give them the education and the mentoring they need because we need them. So, you know, you'll see that in a lot of my articles that, that that's what I'm trying to say, that you can't become a travel agent overnight. It's not something that it, Sarah, I think, is the exception because of her incredible uh, business acumen. But, you know, for, for those that get in the industry, love travel, maybe they've booked their friends before, there's still a lot to learn. There's yeah. a lot to learn about, you know, the value of a host agency, for instance. In, in Sarah's case, she still needed that. You know, coming into the industry, you need to know what that means. Yeah. And I just want to, so the numbers you shared was that the link of how to become a travel agent on, on your website, on the Travel right. Institute, it was up. Mm -hmm. 256% compared to 21 for January, and then 100, almost another 150% for February when compared to 21. Um, and right. it, it just, yeah, those seem like, I know, I imagine over 2020, well, 2020, the, <laughs> the pandemic maybe hasn't even started yet in those months, but I, it just seems like a massive leap. It is a massive yeah. leap, but I think the reason is 2020, the industry was very, very depressed. I mean, we all saw that. That's when people were leaving massive, um, change in our industry by the end of 2020. So we started recovering slowly at the beginning of 2021, but not entirely. So I think there was a whole a group of people that were um, maybe even in shock, like, uh, okay, I've lost my job. I don't want to go back to my job. I need a new job. So 2021, they were investigating possibly other careers. But we had all of 2021 to start to see recovery. I think it was in the summer that, you know, things picked up and then Omicron hit. But Omicron didn't really 
devastate the holiday travel. At the end of the year, we did a survey and people were still traveling, Omicron or no Omicron. Like for instance, now they're still traveling to Europe, regardless of the fact that there's a war in Ukraine, they're still going. So the need to travel is so, you know, um, uh, desired, so needed that it is, it is something that, that uh, is our, our, our desire right now. So I think what I'm trying to say about 2020, uh, this year, 2022, is that people are finally saying, okay, travel's not going away. You know, we're all going to be traveling. So what is a a career in travel like? What is it that I need to know about um, whether or not I can make money in travel? As Sarah said, she didn't think she could make a career of it and she is making a career of it. So if you're sharp, if you have a niche, um, if you have a passion, I think being an independent contractor in travel is incredibly lucrative. Yeah, I, I you also mentioned in your note a couple of things. You mentioned uh, what you spoke about, which is you're seeing a lot of people burned out from from other careers coming into yeah. the industry. But you're also you mentioned high end real estate agents seem to yes. be yeah picking up. Yes. That was Gita super talked, interesting. Yeah, Gita talked to her last week, and I thought again, it reminded me of Sarah because here is somebody that already has the luxury market as a need. They 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 are they um, have gained trust. They already know these people and now selling travel, you know, oh, by the way, let me, let me help you, you know, get to Europe or wherever it is your family is traveling. That's incredible. That's an incredible opportunity. I think it's brilliant because you're selling homes to these people that are, you know, into the millions of dollars. So, you know, their lifestyle. And I think you know, one of the things about marketing, the, the magic of marketing is not demographic data, it's psychographic data. And that's why somebody that's in the luxury market already has that. They know that person. They are that person. They, they eat at the same restaurants. They stay at the same hotels. They, they live that life. So to see that as an opportunity is brilliant. So I guess what I'm what I'm trying to tackle is that clearly there's this population of people looking for this industry. Uh, but I'm wondering how, like, again, Sarah mentioned she found it in like a roundabout way. But like, are you seeing any trends in how people are finding the possibility to become a travel agent or a travel advisor or or realizing that that's a viable career path? Like, is 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 there any kind of trend in in that area? Oh, well, you know, when I look, I, I look at our Google statistics, yeah. so it, it tells me where traffic is coming from, and the highest percentage is just a, a Google search. So we're coming up in a Google search. We also have our college market, you know, that, that, but that's a younger demographic. That's, those are students that are learning about a career in travel. But I think the career changers or the retirees, you know, at the end of 2020 and into 2021, they were on the internet. Number one, they were home. They weren't in the office anymore. So they're, they're, they're out there actively searching for another career. You know, they're searching a career in travel and, and maybe something else, but that's how they're finding us. 
So I think we're always at the top of the list. We're kind of like the funnel for the industry. They'll come to us and then we're gonna funnel them down. We provide resources. Dan, one of our resources is TMR where we're, we teach travel agents about you, That's about great. the value of you, about the value of your publication, about the value of a host agency. You know, who's CLIA, who's USDOA? That's really our role. To, to do that, to, to help them understand what, what is this industry is about and what resources are out there for you. Yeah, because I, 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 I kind of figure that people are Googling. Like that's, it seems to be the way of life now for every question you have about maybe know. anything, you know? Even so, medical, which yeah. is dangerous. <laughs> Google seems to be the authority, yeah, to be the lead generator for so many, yeah. so many different things. So I, I assume, like I, I've heard some anecdotal stories about franchise, placing ads in magazines that I know people have caught. Like I've heard that from a couple of different veterans who started agencies that right. they must, yeah, that they found a franchise opportunity coming out of the service uh, in these, in these veteran B2B publications, which is obviously smart and people who want yeah. to become entrepreneurs sort of jumped at the opportunity, but it does. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it seems to be people are, people are going to Google number one. I think so. I think it's really grassroots. I, I really do. I, I mean, we do have a consumer PR organization that just gets our name out there. But honestly, um, you know, I think that has something to do with it. Maybe they see our name. And then once they see our name, they, you know, they come to our site and they search. But honestly, I think most of it is just, a, you know, organic search. How do I become a a travel professional, a travel advisor, a travel agent, sell travel, career in travel, any of those searches. Um, so one thing I want to ask about, because I know, because I sort of go sort of go through the keywords too, and something that comes up constantly with these new people coming in the industry is they want to know what the barriers are to become a travel agent. And I know it's sort of a double-edged sword, this, because there doesn't seem to be a ton of, doesn't seem to be a ton of barriers to start booking travel. It doesn't seem to be a ton of costs to initially get into the business. That, and you're absolutely right, Dan, there is no entry barrier. Uh, unless, you know, state licensing, there's still state licensing by state. I can't even keep track of Yeah, I know, yeah, work. you need a seller's, I think it's a seller's of travel or yeah. license. It's only a few hundred dollars though, I think. In, in yeah, and it doesn't benefit it. anybody but the state, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, there is that barrier in some states, not all. But literally, it's true. You you can hang up a shingle and say, I'm, I'm a travel agent. Good luck to you, though, if you don't know anything about the industry. Yeah. Because I think the hardest thing to figure out about travel is how you make money. You know, you book a trip and you think, oh, great. I, you know, I made X number of dollars. Well, when is that trip taking place? <laughs> you may have booked it today, but you're not going to make any money until, you know, whatever that trip departs. And that's important to know. Very yeah. important to know. But it does seem like it does seem because again, you, I'm sure you're aware of just so many people in the industry who own agencies, who, or even ICs who, who are incredibly profitable. And it does seem like there's a level of if you getting into this industry isn't difficult, but maybe taking those next steps to, to become those kind of people who are uber successful, maybe that's that's sort of the the challenge right. for a lot of these people. Right. Well, you know, and, and that's true. I mean, it, I think it's a blessing and a curse because we want new people. So, so allowing them to get into the industry without an entry barrier is a great thing, but then the industry itself needs to support education, which of course 
it's everywhere. You know, you're educating, we're educating, host agencies are educating, we're, it's always available to them. So I think when you enter the travel industry, the two passions you need are the, a passion for travel and a passion for learning. And, and I think when you have those two things, you will see opportunity and that's what'll make you successful. And, and, you know, success is relative, you yeah. know, what, what you think is successful might be, you know, part-time money that's supplementing your career. And that's huge success for you. Somebody else may need to see success as I'm going to have 15 agents working for me. I'm going to have three assistants and, you know, I'm going to be making, um, you know, close to a million dollars a year. That's a whole different world. So you have to, but you have to figure out what it is, have a business plan, understand the finances and, you know, and then go, go after it. I think the people that have the most success, Dan, are the ones that have a niche, that, that they, either ha- they either are their market which to me is the most important thing, or they already have a built-in passion, whatever it is, that, that they have others just like them and they can create trips around it. I, um, there's a virtuoso agent recently and she just took the CTA program and she was so happy about it, but she's been in the industry a while and her niche is fishing. She's, okay. she's a captain, Captain Linda. <laughs> is her name and so that's that's what she knows that's what she was she was a boat captain and now she sells uh, travel that type of travel fishing in i think florida keys so but good for her that's that's brilliant yeah i bring i bring on an example up all the time i uh i found out at connection nexions conference last year Uh and it was uh i think it was an uh, it was an advisor who was maybe tepid on her on her future prospects especially during covid but she started a a knitting niche Uh Uh, yeah and she's been selling group groups on river cruises and she's been really successful um just yeah it's just it's just like you mentioned a niche doesn't have to be a straight it doesn't have to be something super specific or super ge- or it doesn't have to be something general uh right. something very specific can work too oh gosh yes because again it's about having that customer base and they all appreciate knitting they all want to get together and talk about it yeah. and now you want to take a cruise a river cruise and talk about it i'm in yeah. <laughs> that's great that's great what I mentioned, like, so the, the lack of barriers to getting into the industry is something I think people think about too, like the, the mis the misperception of, of advisors sometimes, because it's right. so easy to become a travel advisor, it makes it seem like sometimes they might not be the best representation for the industry, the people who maybe just started booking travel, things like that. Well, yeah, Dan, I think that the thing that concerns me about that are those that uh, get in and uh, have no greater desire than to remain a novice. And it's, that's not everybody, you know, but there are those, those people. And unfortunately, what happens is that can turn off the consumer because it could end up as a costly mistake. It could be hours of training done by a supplier because this person doesn't know the product, doesn't know how to match product to client. 
um, there's a whole slew of things that can go wrong if you're not going to take the time to educate yourself. So that's what I think we really want to stress. It's just about education. It's really about learning. Even if you have a great mentor, it's really learning the ropes. And, and you know, Dan, if you went into another industry, would you just start up? You know, you'd have to learn in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have to know how to make money. You'd have to know. Um, so I think that's all I ever try to stress is that they have to learn from the bottom up. And our, and, and, and I talked earlier about, you know, being at the top of the funnel, bringing them into the industry. Um, we're there to teach in the industry. And then you have a role and the host agency has a role, suppliers have a role, they all have a role in teaching them about uh, another aspect of the industry. And that's how they'll become successful. And I know people are coming in with, with skill sets already that they hope to mm -hmm. transform to travel. Like, uh, yeah. like I know a lot of salespeople, it, it, those seem to be easily transferable skills. A lot of marketing people, it seems to be also people who have Rolodexes already, who have a strong network kind of yeah. can hit the ground running. But I'm curious if you have any idea of like, maybe the the gap, like where's the gap when it comes to skills uh, for these new entrants? Is there something that they really need to learn? Or is it again, what you mentioned, sort of knowledge of how this industry works? I think I've learned a couple of things, especially, well, introductory training, what we have heard from a lot of new agents that came into the industry and didn't take introductory training was more like uh, on the job training okay. that the the thing that they lacked was confidence. It took them a long time to build confidence. I think if you are a super salesperson, you probably don't lack confidence. Yeah. So I think those people probably do very well, but they're also the ones that if they knew the industry or took the time to learn the industry, they double their sales. And we hear that a lot too. I mean, that's what that Captain Linda said, that after taking the CTA, now this is different than introductory training, Dan, this is certification. So after, you know, after you've tried to build your niche and, 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 and really give yourself a foundation, now you want to become certified. Well, you would think someone in that capacity that already has a business, already has a niche, is already selling travel, would be at the peak. You wouldn't, you know, what else do you need to learn? She, she came out of the CTA program saying that going through that training doubled her bookings. That's her quote. So I think you don't know what you don't know. You, you don't, none of us do. Yeah. So what would training do for you? Even the super salespeople can benefit from industry training, even the, and we have so many quotes from people that have been in the industry so long, and then they, they'll take certification, for example, and they'll say, oh my God, you know, I, there's so much that I can relate to my business now. And there's always value in education, always, always value. So you know, do we, are we upset that there's no entry barrier? No, we just have to be the ones to mentor these, these new agents, make sure that they're a success. Don't leave them hanging. Yeah. And there seems to be a spirit of that industry wide. There doesn't like the competition. There's obviously competition among advisors, but none of them seem to want to knock someone down so they can earn a sale or things like that. It seems to be a, such a, I don't want to say yeah. anti-competitive, but yeah, but co attitude of cooperation in the industry. 
You know, Dan, that's so true. We have a CTA Facebook, a little private Facebook group. There's mm -hmm. 1,500 of them in, in that group. And they're all going through training. They're all uh, travel agents, some employees, some independent contractors. But the, the, I think the most rewarding thing is how they support each other. Like if somebody has a question, it's like, oh, here, let me help you. Let me help you. And you see that in a lot of those private Facebook groups, that they're there to help each other. So I agree. I think yeah. the industry has great resources. And that's, you know, we have, we have several of those um, private Facebook groups in the industry. And they're very helpful yeah. because you're home alone. You don't have somebody yeah. there. So that's how you do it. Again, like this, this conversation, this topic seems to be just of ultra importance now because the industry is going to have to keep attracting new advisors and right. pointing them, pointing them to the right path too. But I mean, what's, I mean, I don't know if, if any, this is anyone's responsibility because it seems to be, it has to be an industry wide thing, but I mean, how important is that in your opinion? Is, is it going to be attracting new people, new people who are bringing new ideas, who are bringing new practices into the travel agent industry? Oh my God. I mean, it, it's critically important. And, and I think everybody is focused on it, Dan. I know one of the things we announced three years ago, anyone that graduates from our trip kit course and earns their TAP certificate is on our website. Those graduates are on our website. And we always encourage owners or even host agencies to click to email those people because now they're new, they're looking for the next step, join a host agency, become an employee. I don't even think they've made that decision yet. So that's a resource that the industry has. It's there. It's on our, it's on our website. We've pushed them out of the nest. <laughs> and yeah. Now somebody needs to, to pick them up. The, the host, the agency, you know, keep, keep it going. Um, but I guess my question is, what, if, if, if you had a chance to sort of pitch the career to people, I mean, what would, mm -hmm. what would be the highlights? Why is being a travel advisor attractive? I know compensation is going to be a big part of it, but there has, to, I know there's other stuff that is very, very positive about this career that maybe consumers or people who aren't in the industry aren't super aware of right now. You know, that's interesting, Dan, uh, it, it, interesting because I think uh, maybe I'll send this to you after we talk today, but we did a survey about that because we thought that the number one thing would be love of travel, but not necessarily, and, and especially in 2021, flexibility is the number, this job is flexible. This job is a lot of it. I mean, if, especially independent contractors, because we're tracking so many of them, Dan, you work from home, you create your own hours, you decide how much money you're going to make. So all of those things are very, very attractive in a, a career in travel. Um, but you also have to be the type that you're ready to start your own business. And if not, then you're looking at becoming an employee and going into, you know, uh, a brick and mortar agency or working from home. I mean, employees still do work from home, but that part of it, I think, was the most important, the flexibility, the working from home, the fact that they're selling travel, they're not selling Ginzu Nights, you know, <laughs> Everybody wants to travel. That's that's such an easy product to sell. 
So it's, you know, it's attractive to many. And even retirees, Dan, that those that retired, I think I, I made a note uh, in what I sent you yesterday, but some people retired early because of the pandemic and they weren't quite ready, but they decided, ah, you know, now's the time. And a lot of travel agency owners did that. So we lost them, we need new. But in addition, you know, when, when retirees retired early, they look at uh, selling travel as a way part-time to, to make money. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to get into travel. Yeah, and I've actually read that uh, in a number of consumer publications now about retirees unfortunately having to figure out another source of income yeah. with, with the cost of living just, just skyrocketing. Right, right, absolutely. And for the most part, um, because they are retired, chances are they had a life of travel, you know, yeah. that they they have been, they know what it's like to travel, so it's not foreign to them. And and a lot of them have done that. A lot of uh, a lot of retirees find that to be very attractive. And they probably have a pretty strong network too by that point in their life. Yeah. Um so I, I guess my last question, and I, I have a feeling I would know the I'll know the answer to this because of your <laughs> years in the industry, but you you seem super positive now on the direction of the travel trade and and the and travel agencies in general in North America it seems it seems to be a, a very good time to start considering this as a career if you're not in Absolutely. it already and if you are in it maybe it seems to be a time to sort of start refining your skills and start taking advantage of the demand and and what else is there to come Dan absolutely if i it can leave on any uh um a high note it would be to say this right now there is so much opportunity. You know, the one thing I think that's so basic about being in travel that not enough people value is the knowledge that travel agents have coming into their inbox every single day from publications like yours, Dan, that, that they get so much information and that's what the traveler needs they should put a value on that, you know, that they are the source of information. They know what's happening in the travel industry. That's such a basic benefit that every travel agent has. Take advantage of it, pay attention, subscribe to publications, you know, listen to what your host agency is, is sending you, the latest supplier, the latest news in the industry. There was a lot of that going on in 2020 and 2021. Travel advisors were known as the source for information and that's what made them so popular during the pandemic. And that's why to me, 2022, 2023, there's huge opportunity, huge. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause I know there's been times uh, when it hasn't looked so rosy, but it does, it just seems to be now just seems, it seems to be not if, but when, uh, when sort of this business continues to roll in. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. But thanks for your time. Uh, no, but uh, this was this was really informative for me. And it was nice to have your perspective, too, because I know these are questions the industry are continually going to have to answer, especially as more more people come in. 
Absolutely. And it and it is good news, Dan. I think we're all tired of bad news. It is good news. People are making bookings. People people are making money. And that's why I loved watching that interview that you had yeah. the other day. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate all your time. And yeah, I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. All right, Dan. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye, 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 bye.